0: this message is uh, is in the context it's a, it's not a pastoral message well it is it's about helping you change and but it's 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 in the context of the prophetic scenario or or what god is saying through the prophets on the on the on the world right now in the world right now guys like chuck pierce dutch sheets and i don't know if you know those guys but they are they they're real prophets and they are tracking with god very closely and uh, they're tracking with God through the he- 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 Hebraic calendar, Jewish calendar. And they say that there was a shift last September into a new year. So there's our, year, there's our normal calendar and then there's the Hebraic calendar. So this is talking about this year, there's things afoot, there's things going to manifest. One thing, change, say change, change change. And there's going to be a breaking in of the roar of the lion of Jesus into the church, meaning authority. A lot of the kingdom is, and I should be pulled up by 11, so okay, just bear with me, but I just got to lose something here and bless you, and is that cool? And so they are saying that there is an authority being released back to the church. A lot of the church has become very, um, you know, I know it says, Kindness leads us to repentance, and we're very hospitable and very pastoral. And but there's actually a lot of authority in the kingdom, and Jesus actually walked, uh, you know, through the planet, over the planet, and into towns with great authority. When he walked into a town, demons would just manifest, and and and. People would just bow their knee and, and there was a change in the atmosphere and miracles would break out. And that takes great authority. It was an incoming kingdom, an incoming government. It was like a, an invasion, but a good invasion. Do you know what I mean? And when it came into town, when love comes to town, you too, amen. When it comes to town, you know it. Baby, you know it. And, uh, and it's not that other love. It's the, it's the agape love. It's, it's God's love. He's redeeming love. And I believe what he's saying to us that he wants to put you back on the road to redemption to reclaim your inheritance. There's an inheritance, physical and spiritual inheritance that you have that you need to lay hold of, take hold of, grab hold of to advance your life into that so that you can leave that to the generations behind you, including your grandchildren. I'm hoping I'm going to leave some great stuff behind for my grandchildren. My number one Joey, I've only got one grandchild. I hope, and pardon? One and a half. One and a half. Oh yes, yeah, she's pregnant again. My God. She's pregnant again. And a lot of us are lagging behind. A lot of us are living in the 20th century. A lot of us are just, just, minding the the corral just minding the you know just minding things and i'm going to talk about that i'm going to talk about and then i said last week prophetically they're saying change help me how what well there is a, there is a parable about the wine skins you know what i mean that we need to renew the wine skin that if your wine skin is dry and hard with the same mindsets the same paradigms of thought The same just basic lifestyle in God, and you just do that day in, day out. Your your wineskin, Jesus said it, Jesus said it in the Word. He said your wineskin can become hard, and when he tries to pour the new upgraded version... tried to upgrade my iPhone yesterday, but there's not enough capacity. I've got too much music. I've got to get rid of that other stuff that I don't listen to anyhow, you know. I downloaded all this classical music and I don't listen to it. All I listen to now is um, the worship stuff, you know. Kimberly and uh, what is it? Alberto and Kimberly. Amazing worship stuff. You need to get that. You won't get it at Kurong either. You need to get it from America. And that's all I listen to on my iPhone. But when I tried to upgrade my iPhone, guess what? You're over capacity. You can't take the upgrade. Because I wanted to put on that feature of how you know, if someone pinches your phone, they can track it down GPS. And imagine that your phone gets pinched. And then I don't know who you ring. Who do you ring Phil? I don't know what. But but then the cops knock at your door and say, Excuse me. Can we have uh, the iPhone back that uh, is actually our, our, our GPS unit says is, is 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 yeah? What do you? I haven't got it. No, actually, it says. Can we just come in? Yeah, it's it's not the yeah, bang. Yeah, it's under the bed. Thank you very much. And by the way, you're booked. I love that, don't you? So, what I want to speak this morning about is change. How do we change? How do we do it? And there was a funny news item that I only heard up at the mid north coast about uh, Jerry Harvey and the other guy, uh, what was his name? Yeah, 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 Bernie, who runs Coles or Woolworths, and they're upset about us buying online. They're upset. I didn't. I only got fragments of it, but I've got something to share about that too. All right, let's have a look at the first scripture, 1 Corinthians 2.9. This message is called, The Best is Still Ahead. So you can start recording, yeah. Let's give it up for the podcast listeners. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Let's really give it up for them. Oh, yeah. Come on now. Come on. Let's really. Yeah, 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 yeah. This message is called, The Best is Still Ahead, Pressing Toward Prophetic Fulfillment. Let's have a look at this, 1 Corinthians 2.9. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. two 1 Corinthians 2.10 But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. And I feel that, that God's Spirit's moving again, speaking again, stirring us up again. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. To change and prosper in the days ahead, the church and Harvey Norman will have to take some risks it would be all too easy for us to, to stick with that which is familiar and miss all that we could have obtained had we entered, had we not entered into a new thing God has for us. So what I'm saying, there is a new thing God has for each one of us in 2011. It's an upgraded life. There's change afoot. God is wanting to mobilize the church. I don't know if you're just born again. I don't know if you're just looking at God at the moment. I don't know if you've been in the church for a long time, but I can say this, that God is about building the church, saving souls, mobilizing people for the last greatest harvest on this planet, one billion souls. So if you're getting that through this church as you're coming here every week, that's why God's speaking prophetically to us and stirring us up in our hearts to get with the program, to get with God's plans and purposes so that in that covenant blessing comes upon us and in that all this favor and all this provision comes upon you in living the lifestyle God has got for you. That's God's A plan for you. That's His best plan for you. You get into His flow you get into his purpose, into his plans, and all of a sudden you got favour, and all of a sudden you got provision, and away you go. You advance your life forward in Jesus' name. How do I do that, Pastor Phil? News headlines: Struggling retail giants against online shopping. You yeah, basically, and this guy, this commentator said, "Sorry, fellas, the future." So, in in response to that headlines, this commentator. This uh, paper commentator says, sorry, fellas, the future is not only here. It's not only here, but continues to come at us and you at warp speed. Change is coming at us at warp speed. <laughs> Things are changing. It's such a vibe. And Jerry Harvey's going, hang on, I've got a good thing happening here. I've got these big centers, uh, you know, lots of guys walking around and displayed and well, you come by. But no, people are buying online. People are buying online and they're buying somehow or other and they're undercutting and Jerry's going, guys, I want to go back to the 20th century where my business was prospering. But he's actually closed six major stores down in Australia. I feel sorry for him, I do. But, but, uh, we got to get with the program. The church has got to change. The church can't stay with, with things that don't work. The church has got to change. We've got to listen to the young people. We've got to hear God. We've got to hear each other and 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 change the church up. Make it work. Who wants to come to a church that don't work? Jerry Harvey he doesn't want to you know, be responsible for big supersonic Harvey Normans that don't work and don't make money. Obviously he's very dismayed. You might have to learn off JBV uh, some the uh, thing or two. Do. I don't know. Are you guys holding up all right? Judging by it what? How much they make it you'd quote it, is it okay if I quote how much you make how much they make, not you. That'd be good. <laughs> that'd be good. Something like I think you told me in one day, I don't know if this is in the peak season, but a hundred thousand in a day? Eh? Your store. I won't say which store it is because we're going international and your boss might be listening, but um, <laughs> like like something like, about a hundred thousand a day? I mean, I wish we took tithes and offerings of 100,000 in a day. But are you being affected by this online buying? You're not, praise God. Jerry and Bernie, Uh, they can't go back to the 20th century. You have to make your business work in the online reality of 21st century, this guy says. And I'll add another statement. You have to make your life work in the online reality of the 21st century. For those people who weren't here last week, the prophets are saying things like this. The prophets are saying change. Great grace to move forward from the crossroads. Make good decisions. This is crunching it. Everything that I've been listening to and downloading, this is crunching it. Make good decisions. Even though your emotional soul will want to go backwards, I say press into the new covenant relationships that I have for you and you will prosper. That's what I talked about, the covenant relationship through giving. One of the ways that you establish your covenant relationship with God is in your giving, in your tithe. Don't deny the tithe to God. Establish that love for God and worship of God through your tithe. And that's your basic foundation. For God to preserve you through these hectic days of the economy, you need supernatural, supernatural, divine hand of God, but supernatural um, uh, quality... Of God's spirit blessing whatever you have to multiply it, to make it last, to make it do what it's got to do, and preserve what you've got. You just need that. You need providence. Risk takers we need to be in coming days. Not passive, but in the flow of God's timing and will for our lives individually and corporately as a church There is coming a great alignment of the fullness of God's purposes to the church, to the earth. Let's get on board. Let's have faith, guys. Let's have faith to change and move forward. Here's a statement. Get off the dead horse. I found this somewhere. The tribal wisdom of the Dakota Indians. So if you're riding a horse, if you're riding some lifestyle that's not working, man, even if you're a Christian, if you're riding this thing, well, guys, this is the time right now at the start of the year. This tribal wisdom, Luke, help me, of the Dakota Indians, passed on from one generation to another, say this when you discover you are riding a dead horse, the best strategy is to dismount. (laughs) Many of us, however, would rather stay on the dead horse and be comfortable rather than go on to a new thing. Come on, you damn, come on, you. (laughs) Flogging a dead horse. But I want to use this word, war. There is such a war to change old mindsets, old wineskins. There is such a war over our life, over our our church, over a business. Harvey Norman is in a war. He, you can see him. He blew it too. He backpedalled big time. Didn't he? Oh, why did I do that for flesh? Just let the flesh hang out, and uh, and he backpedalled big time. But he is in a war. He can't. He had a. Fo- a successful formula. Why isn't it working? You might be asking, why isn't my life working? I go to church. I go to a great church. I love God. I've got a great Bible. I pay my tithe. Why isn't it working? I don't know. You might have to look to God. The war occurs because the mind must shift to a new way of processing and thinking. Instead of remaining entrenched in one paradigm, we must allow God to move and position us in a new place of revelation and authority. The Christian, I'm telling you, Luke, especially a minister, if he is not walking in revelation, now revelation, and authority, and I'm telling you, for you too, man, if you're not walking in the revelation of what God is saying to you right now, but the revelation of who He is and that authority, if you're not walking in that You are walking as a vagabond through this planet. You are walking through just like an illegal immigrant. Just, you know, no passport, no inheritance, no permanent place of abode. Do you know what I mean? Am I helping someone here right now? But when you're the king's citizen, when you're a citizen of heaven, deputized, authorized, with revelation of who you are in God and what your church is doing and, and what God's intention is for your life, you walking through life, man, with purpose and and man, a sense of destiny. Do you know what I'm saying? What are we looking at over there? Oh, it's a Harvey Norman sales assistant. It's got it. Maybe we put the fans in the wrong place. Maybe they'll see the fans here and then buy the fans. I don't know. From this new position, we can. More effectively influence, govern, and rule our surroundings. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? More effectively influence, govern, and rule our surroundings. We've got to be able to rule, influence, and govern our home, our life, our home, our marriage, our kids. Effectively rule and govern and influence from a position of revelation and understanding we may feel that we cannot change. It feels like, man, yeah, you don't know me. I'm staying like this, man. I'm not, show, I can't, look, I know God's supernatural. I, I know if I maybe saw a burning bush, maybe if I did see a burning bush, maybe, maybe if I got swallowed by a whale, Maybe, maybe, I don't know if I saw water coming out of a rock. I don't know, I might change. If I saw someone walk on water. I might change. But look, I've been to plenty of good services. I've been to the best revivalists. I've, I've watched, I've seen, I've been, I've done. I've, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm me. Who's a bit like that. I'm me. Man, I could see something happen. Something, you know, someone, the building might fall over. Or I've seen it all. We may feel that we cannot change, but God created us to do so. And I found this useful piece of information for some people who think they can't change. The brain is incredibly flexible. Able to constantly undergo physical and chemical changes as it responds to its environment. The brain is not hard-wired unit that learns from a preset, unchangeable set of rules. We are capable of changing. Say that. We are capable of changing. We have been made to adapt. When the greater architect is ready to alter the building plans of his kingdom, we should readily receive new revelations and shift our way of thinking. We are capable of making any shift that God requires us to. The shift that God <laughs> the the shift that God propositioned me to make to become a minister was humongous. You ask anyone that knows me of the coast go way back into the church days of the 80s and the early 90s of the people I went to church with, and they'll tell you, Phil, he is a sign and a wonder. We can't believe that guy, the pram pusher, the quiet pram pusher. Julie was the front. She was the one up there singing with the big dance school and, and testifying and singing uh, songs, doing items. and all the, time, all the time, me, I'm just the quiet guy at the back with the kids. With the Sayer biscuits or with the Arnest biscuits. With the, the, yeah, three kids. I'm just happy to be Mr. Dad. Man, you're not going to get anything out of me. If a pastor said anything to me, I would crumble. My face would go red. Anything. I just, yes sir, no sir, three bags full sir. I, I was, I had such honor of ministry. I think that's one of the reasons God promoted me. Because I had honor for people over me. Anyway. But God changed me. How did He change me? The problem is not that our brains cannot change, but that our mind, which is the flesh, Romans 8 7, thanks, guys. But our mind, which is the flesh, is often unwilling to move with God. I love this sermon. I'm going to listen to this one back, man. This is awesome. Where can I listen to it, guys? C3 Church, Tuggerah website podcast that's right yeah or on facebook c3 church facebook romans 8 7 says i might want to change but my mind the sinful mind is hostile to god it does not submit to god's law nor can it do so now i've got another that was the niv this is the nasb uh and it says this the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards god (laughs) it's hostile towards god That's why some people just push back on you about salvation. No way. But we can even do it ourselves as Christians, say, I'm not changing. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to worship. I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to be mobilized. I'm not going to India. I'm not going to Catherine, to Northern Territory. (laughs) I don't know what your change is, but it's got to be something. We would remain rigid, set in our old ways of doing things rather than change to suit God's building plan for the future. But we must stay dependent on the one who made us. This will cause us to receive his revelation for not only our personal future, but also for the overall future of the church. These are what I'm just grabbing, all these different prophets, statements, and putting this to enter into your pr- promised land, you must aspire and be motivated to say yes and amen To 2 Corinthians 1.20, you must aspire, be expectant, and be enthused, but be motivated to say yes and amen to your promises. 2 Corinthians 1.20, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and so through him the amen is spoken by us. I don't know what God's saying over your life. I don't know what God's got for you. You might have just this huge, huge life, all these great promises. All these great breakthroughs and interventions and trials too. I mean, but help me, blessings and prosperity. But they are yes and amen. They are yes and amen in Christ. And how do you get it? Man, I know when I'm expectant, and I'm just having this bike, this trials bike that I first saw in 1974 turn up at my local bike track as a wee fella when I was 16, and the older guys turned up in this yellow 1975, uh, 1974, uh, 250 TY Yamaha trials bike, yellow, beautiful, nothing like it ever or since. And it came in onto this bike track, and I, oh, and I was infatuated with bikes. When my mates had girlfriends, I had bikes. Uh, I had. That, that's, they always teased me on that, because yeah, anyway, and. Um, And I always wanted one, and now I'm a baby boomer. I found one. It was stored in the storage down the road, seven years. There it was, languishing. Cobwebs over it, flat tires. And uh, I said, oh, that's definitely not looking like the bike I imagined or ever wanted. And someone put a bigger seat on it, and it was like a Frankenstein, of a bits or a thing I used to know. And I found this guy who could restore it at Warhope, took it up to him, on the back of the trail, up to his 100 acres, drove up there, and, uh, and and he looked at it and he said, oh, oh, uh, and I went, oh, no, nah. he doesn't even want to look at it. He doesn't, uh, in the my two girls, Gemma, Gemma and Julie, they're sitting in the car and going, oh, no, we've brought this all the way up here, three hours up to this place for nothing. This guy, and he's looking at it, he's like like this, he's going, oh, No. That he says that's not right. That who put that? The, the, oh, this this is a set. let me have a look. Let me show you what a, a bike look. What this bike's supposed to look like, fully restored. Right, takes me into the shed. Bolt <laughs> undoes the shed door, and we walk in, and here it is, the most magnificently restored Ty 250 you could ever imagine, shining, gleaming, perfect in every way. And I went, oh my God! And he said, "That's what it's supposed to look like." Does your bike look like that? I think. Really? Can we can we just have another look? Just have a look at my bike again. Just. And he says, "Let's let's get it off the back of the Ute." And he says, "Yeah, the wheels turn. That's pretty good." <laughs> so he rings me up two weeks later, and he took it. He rings up two weeks. He said, "Guess what? It's coming up rather all right." He says, "Look." Let me put this on that. I said, yeah, yeah, whatever you need. Put it put it together. And guess what? He rang me up two days ago. He says, I can't believe it. Your bike, I put it alongside mine, and your bike is very comparable to my, my beautiful machine. And I said, wow, that's so good. It actually changed. And this guy was passionate about He is passionate about these bikes. I've got to hang up on him. He goes for about an hour. I go, yeah, okay, yeah, I love them too, bud. Yeah, okay. Not that much, buddy. <laughs> Things can change. The best is yet to come. Who believes that? I wonder if I can crunch something in five minutes. Do you know there's a story about um, Martha, and, and I hope everyone realizes this. You know, it, it's about Martha getting busy, and then the scripture says in Luke 10:40, here it is. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. A lot of people getting distracted by life. Life is so complicated. When I'm in my caravan on the mid north coast near the beach, and my life is reduced. Takes a while to reduce you feel like, oh my God, this caravan's so small. But after a while, when you just got your little basic you know, food there, and your, you know, your Bible, and your, your battery lights, and uh, got the hot water. That's good. And your cup of tea. You don't need much. You realize. You realize your life is so complicated back here in this complicated society. And Martha says, "Jesus, look at me. Um, have pity on me. I'm very busy." Look at Mary. All she's doing is laying at your feet, trying to get revelation, trying to, you know, make use of her time, your time, and and just, but she is, she's come, Mary has come to a place where she is now kneeling before Jesus virtually. And we're saying, we've got to come aside from our busyness of our life. Don't get like Martha, guys. Like, I've got to have this in order. So, so many people are worried about having everything in order. Oh, that's right. There's church and there's God. Well, hang on. Just hang on a minute. I've got this. I've got that. I've got the kids. I've got the finances. I've got to do that. I've got the Zumba class. I've got the, the car that needs some tires. I've got the, the dentist. I've got, hang on church. Hang on God. Just hang on. Just, I've got this and I've got that and I've got my iPod. i got my, I've got my big, Flat screen TV, and I've got my T.Y. Yamaha, and I've got my my surfing, and I just hang on, would you? But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, "Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself?" We are often troubled and worried over so many issues, and we want others to pity on our burdens but we need to pull aside and spend the time with the Lord. That is taken to gain revelation. Revelation established. Here's this one if we got it. The PowerPoint. Thanks, Tim. I'm not sure if you got that one. Revelation. This is why I'm so adamant about this at the start of the year. You need revelation to go another year. Trust me, you're not going to go another year on good intentions. Say good intentions. Say revelation. Say Revelation. Say good intentions. Say good intentions. Say revelation. Say revelation. Say good intentions. Good intentions will never do. You won't come to church. You won't pray. You won't believe in your, in your life, in your vision for your life. You, 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 won't, you won't aspire to your best life with good intentions. Here it is here. Revelation establishes vision. Got to get your vision back, guys. Vision is linked to covenant favor. That's where I was talking about the giving. Get covenant favor, breakthrough. Despite the GFC, despite all the, the shenanigans that are happening in our economy, you just happen to be blessed. You just happen to be supernaturally favored. You just happen to have the best job. You just so happen to be buying a house. You just so happen to be having kids and, 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 and the mum being at home to look after the kid. Do you know what I'm saying? You. Revelation establishes vision. Vision is linked to covenant favor. Covenant favor releases provision. When you've got vision, there's provision. Hello? When there's vision, there's provision. We got vision to be a church, to actually put the church in a building. Vi- provision starts to come. Provision starts to come. Bang, bang, bang. Shh, roof, walls, shh, 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 People. It's all happening through revelation. The Lord is saying, pull aside and listen carefully. I have instructed that I have instructions. This is what the Lord is saying. This is what one of these prophets said. The Lord is saying, pull aside and I'm nearly done. Pull aside and listen carefully. I have instructions that can adjust your course. I have strategies for your advancement. I have information that will cause you to grab hold of the best that I have for you says the Lord does that ring out for anyone our future is linked with expectations say expectations Lord help me be expectant of more of you of more more harvest more flow of your spirit more revival of my friends being saved of things happening for good for God Expectations a function of desire. Desire is a function of the emotions. Therefore, to really embrace what God wants to do with us, we must be whole in our emotions. Our desires must be properly aligned with God's desire for us. When your heart is aligned to God, your desires are right. And the Bible says in Proverbs, in Psalms 37, 4, delight yourself also in the Lord, Martha. Delight yourself yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart the reasons why believers have not possessed their inheritance are numerous often deep emotional hurts can cause a person to be so wounded that he or she has become immobilized for example I guess I was going to use an example of a couple who've been trying to have a baby and uh, miscarriage once, twice, three times and they just stopped and, they, and out of fear, they just stopped. They said, No more. We're not going to try anymore. But God's inheritance was for them to have kids. So they wrestle themselves. They get back into the Word. They get back into the presence of God. And, and, the, and, and the male, the man, and the woman say, We're going to try again. We're going to try again to have a child. And guess what? With faith, with faith, and God is a supernatural healing God who believes that, with faith. She falls pregnant. But it's still a battle of fear. It's still a battle. It mightn't last. It mightn't last. I'm not telling anyone about it. Don't tell anyone about it. But then 12 weeks go by. And she says, I think I'm pregnant. I think I'm pregnant. Oh, my God. I can feel it. My promise, my inheritance, my portion. I can feel it. It's a battle. It's a battle of faith. One scripture. One scripture to nail that. Psalm 16, verse 5. Lord, let's all stand right now. God bless you. Psalm 16, verse 5. I want to declare this over you right now. Remember the keys to success, guys. You're still taking notes. You weren't here last week. Grab this grab this to possessing your inheritance I declare you on a pathway to claiming your inheritance I declare you on a pathway of redemption I declare you on a pathway of redeeming and of redemption of reclaiming that which belongs to you I declare it the battle of fear is real but you got faith first thing for godly success put God first no worrying, no fear. No one can serve two masters but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Number two, these are the key keys for Godly success. Two, follow covenant agreement. He' is your Lord and Savior, He's your shepherd. He's your master. Don't break the covenant through disobedience, rebellion, unbelief, sluggishness, laziness, forgetting God or hidden sin. It will bring peril to you. Three, seek strategy from God to reach your goal. Seek strategy. Ask the Lord, how, Lord, how? How can I change? How can I move forward? Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Philippians 3.13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, forgetting 2010 and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Goals, goals, have goals for this earth. Have goals for going to heaven, yes, but have goals for life. Four, lastly, live in Christ. Don't live in your circumstances. Romans 6:11. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, dead to that old life, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. For this is what the Bible says in Psalm 16, verse 5: Lord, you have assigned me my portion of my cup, you have made my lot secure. I say, that, say again, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. 16 verse 6, Psalm. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Who can say that? Acts 26 verse 18, last scripture. To open the eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance, my version says. I'm not sure what that version says. An inheritance place among those who are sanctified by him. The best inheritance you can ever receive, by the way, is salvation. The best inheritance, once you've secured that, once you've got that, your home and hose. Once you got that, that is the major part of your inheritance, salvation, eternal life. Your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That is what you deserve. That's what God has given to you as an opportunity, as a gift, as a mercy gift, as a, as a gift of mercy on this planet. If you want that, if you want it right now, if you want to begin 2011 by God's supernatural love coming to your life, by God's provision and protection being met out to you, he's the lover of your soul. He's the shepherd of your heart. He's your savior. He is God. He loves you. You can change. Your flesh says you can't. Your flesh is in hostility to God. Flesh, you bow your knee. You bow your knee, flesh. My spirit has taken over in 2011. My spirit is going to rule the roost. My spirit is going to hear God, know God, love God, see God. My spirit is going to follow God, worship God, give to God, love God. My spirit is going to rule in my body. Who can say amen to that? My spirit is going to rule. Let's lift our hands to Jesus. Father, right now, would you anoint me afresh to change, to be not like Martha and be distracted. But Lord, I want to come aside. I want to come to you out of the busyness of this 21st century life, out of this busy Western world, I want to come to you like Mary and I want to bow my knee to you, Jesus. I want to bow my knee to you, Jesus. And I want to say, Lord, reveal to me what you have for me personally. Reveal to me what you have for my family, my children, my wife, my marriage, what you have have for me, for my finances, my health. Jesus, what you have for us as a church. Jesus, I come to you now for revelation. Revelation of being your church. Revelation of being born again. Revelation of why me, Lord? Why'd you call me to be saved? What can I do? That's what I said. But I declare over you right now, I declare over you right now, daughter of righteousness. Son of righteousness, I declare over you, change for the better. Your best is yet to come. Make good decisions. Live in Christ, not in your circumstances. Seek strategy from God. Put God first in your lives. Worship Him. Worship Him. Worship Him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. And all these things will be given unto you. Maybe you've been sitting in the service this morning, and you've been thinking, yeah, I could do with a game plan like that. I'm not asking you to get religious. I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm not asking you to carry around a big big Bible. I'm just saying, be connected to Jesus. Be connected to him. Let him let Him separate you for, for, for a godly godly life. Let him separate you for your best life. Let him call you out of the pit. Let him call you out of darkness. Let him bring you out of out of a, a poverty mindset. Let him bring you out into a prospering life. If that's for you this morning, if you want to know Jesus, if you want to simply say yes to him this morning, if that's you, from the front to the back, just simply put your hand up right now. Just simply put your hand up. If that's you, if that's your friend next to you, explain to him what's happening that this is a simple prayer. This is a simple prayer. I want to want to pray for you. If you want salvation this morning, maybe you used to know God, you're on fire for God, but you're half-hearted and you, you became backslidden. I don't know. You ended up in the back paddocks of life. I don't know what your story is, but if that's you, maybe this morning you want to say yes to Jesus. Maybe that's you. Just put up your hand right now. If I can see any hands. If I can see any, any single person. We had one person last week. There is definitely one today. This morning, tonight, there shall be one. Let's worship the Lord. If that's you, just.